How are you guys this evening? So this is what we've been praying about. It's good to see you guys. Let me pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for just the redemptive story of all of our lives, and particularly David's and uh, the Lions family and what you've done there. Uh, there were so many opportunities to take that family out, and, um, and he really is a model of a man who's just stood firm in the midst of trial. And uh, I pray that you would just light a fire tonight among these men. Whatever man is here that's discouraged, facing weakness that may be at the end of the rope, God, I just pray you breathe hope into them. Wherever there's weakness, I pray that you would infuse strength. Wherever there's discouragement, I pray for an encouragement that only comes from you, Lord. And uh, God, I specifically just, I pray for unity among this men. One of the chief tactics of the enemy is when he can't get to us with discouragement, he gets to us with discord. So I just stand against that in Jesus' name, and I just pray that tonight you would unify this body of men. That is your work, and uh, I just pray that you continue to knit the fabric of these men, knit the neck even closer tonight. Lord, this isn't, just a sideshow with a bunch of guys. Lord, this is your work, and um, you're building your kingdom through these men. So let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight we're talking about Nehemiah. Um, as we move through these next few weeks with the net, we're there's a theme of strength and courage, and it's throughout the scriptures. We can't ignore it. And I think it's just uh, key because uh, there is just so much weakness and uh, discouragement everywhere. Uh, we do a good job of hiding it, but it's it's really everywhere. Um, and uh, you know we got to walk together through that. You know wh- when I think about Nehemiah, I uh, I remember some of my history with it. Um, some of you guys might remember a book called uh, Excellence in Leadership. Anybody ever read that book? <laughs> One guy who's 70. <laughs> Jim House. It's, uh, John White came out in 1986. I think I read that book when I was early 20s. And uh, that was my first introduction to Nehemiah. In um, 1996, I started my business, Workspace Solutions, a little office furniture outfit. And uh, it was that same year that uh, the year before, Andy Stanley was starting his church, North Point Church, and I was living in Atlanta at the time, and he wrote a book called Visioneering. And it was uh, a little bit of his story with North Point, but it was absolutely a timely book for me that just shaped some of my thinking uh, that helped me craft the focus of my business, which is now... I'm in my 16th year now. So when we think about Nehemiah, it's easy for us to move into uh, this is a great book and, you know, we can learn a lot of lessons from it and uh, draw some 
leadership principles. And uh, I, I would like to just take that, and though that's true, and yes, that's influenced some of my uh, thinking, I'd like to just maybe look a little bit deeper tonight into maybe what was going on. Uh, vision is a big deal. Without a vision, the people will perish. The vision of the net, for me, is casting vision into the next 10 years of this church family, this body of men, and why I feel so strong about the vision for the next 10 years of this men, group of men is because I'm building on the last 10 because we've been here just about 10 years. And so we, it's in the hindsight that, that strengthens our perspective of moving forward. The same is true for me. I recently posted a story of my family, particularly my dad, up on the website. Uh, it was a story of uh, something I didn't know about my dad. And uh, we were sitting in Cracker Barrel in Atlanta. Maybe some of you guys, you know, welcome to read it in a little more detail. But he had this Bible verse that um, he talked about for years. And, and uh, I wasn't really too excited about hanging out with my dad that, uh, you know, last fall. But something just shaped uh, a question. What? Let me ask my dad about that Bible verse, and the Spirit just dropped something in me to ask him. And uh, he was telling me about his business stuff and this and that, and you know, and it was just kind of a you know status quo time with my dad. And all of a sudden, I, the conversation turned as I took a bite of meatloaf, and uh, Dad, tell me about that verse in Thessalonians: a working of faith, a labor of love, and endurance by hope. And all of a sudden, my dad. His eyes went like that. Well, let me tell you. And he started telling me, well, that really wasn't about that. It was when I was 18, 19 years old, I was preaching in Chattanooga, and I had to put together a message for the high school students on uh, Nehemiah. Well, it didn't dawn on me until after that dinner, and re- later reflecting on that, my dad had the stories of Nehemiah on him from 50 years ago. And I am still today benefiting from that. I joke with my kids a lot, what's Russell going to be doing 50 years from now? Well, I hope I can still be doing it when I'm 88 years old, but when I grow up somewhere in my 60s, is I'm going to be a bus driver. Because I love kids. <laughs> I'm going to go get some candy and give them to kids, even though you're not supposed to. And I wear a funny hat and and, um, and I'm going to preach the word. That's where I'm going to be in 50 years, I hope. And that's the vision for me 50 years from now is I want to be a faithful messenger of the Lord, sharing his word, and maybe if I can, drive a bus because I love hanging out with kids. Guys, we cast vision of our lives into the future based on a perspective of what's happening in the past. It's no different with Nehemiah. What's really happening um, in the story of Nehemiah. Yeah, it is leadership and is vision, but I'd like to suggest to you maybe three words tonight to give some context to what's happening. Nehemiah is a story about consecration. Consecration is is a word that we hear about maybe over in DSM, and thanks to David Perkins, it's something we're more familiar with. I hear it all the time from my kids. What in the world is consecration? Well, if you look at the first chapter of Nehemiah, when Nehemiah is suddenly aware of the disaster 
that his people are in, Nehemiah's first response is to fall, fall on his face before the Lord. It is to humble himself and ask God for mercy and confession. It's interesting because we're tracking through this, these, these characters, Joshua and David and Solomon. It's the same theme through these guys with consecration. The sobering part of this story of God's people is at some point there's compromise in this story. We see it with Joshua. We see it with David. We see it with Solomon. The kingdom was divided after Solomon because of his compromise. North and south, the Syrians and Babylonians came in and conquered the people. They had years apart, and now the people are coming back. Just the southern tribes, because the north has already been scattered. And the southern tribes are coming back in. And it doesn't happen right with Nehemiah. It actually starts with Ezra almost 23 years before. And they come in and they build the temple. And they have, it's interesting if you read Ezra, it's almost the same response 14 years earlier of the same response of the people. It's amazing to sit, read the language in Ezra where the foundations of the temple that were destroyed some 60 years before They couldn't distinguish between the weeping and the celebration of the people for the old elders remembered from what the temple looked like. And the people's response was just this incredible amount of weeping. But yet, then you see in the language in Ezra of they were were strengthened and they were encouraged. And even in Ezra, just a few years before, after the temple goes up, you see compromise. You see compromise because they were a people that intermarried, infidelity, and also idolatry. And Ezra comes in, and he comes in later after the temple has been built. And there's a reform that happens. This sets the stage for what happens in Nehemiah, where he comes in, and he sees that the temple has been built, but the walls are in ruins. And Nehemiah comes in, and many of you guys know the story. But his first act is in consecration. I wish that the story would end and wrap up that the walls were built in 52 days and everybody had a party and it was over. Well, the same thing happens again after the walls were up and done. Then there's compromise again and again and again. And Nehemiah has to come back almost 14 years after the walls were built to bring a reform to this people. This is all about these people's understanding of covenant. God's covenant with his people. And what are we going to do about that? This, Nehemiah, there is much to learn for us as leaders. All of us, every one of you here in this room are leaders. You have influence, whether it's in your families, your jobs, your community. There's absolutely things we can learn from, but deeper what is, your, what is your response, the consecration of your heart and your resolve to not compromise? And it has everything to do with your understanding of God's love for you and his covenant and his commitment to you. Guys, the test of that reveals your character. 
Now, character is an awfully big word, but if we can put some context to it, I'm going to bring it right back to where David was talking out of tonight. James 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kind, because of what? The testing of your faith develops perseverance, and so on. James 1, what happens? What is the measure of you? The measure of you, men, when you face trials like David just shared. The face of my trial. We talked a few weeks ago about what is your gift and imparting that gift. And my gift is to unify men, bring them together. My gift is to spur men on and impart courage into men. That's not anything I conjured up. It is just the Spirit of God that flows through me. And there is courage and strength that is imparted through me because of the Lord Jesus. That is my gift. And that gift has been squelched many times. And one thing I've learned about gifts is that is the chief tactic of the enemy that comes after me. And I don't know how to express to you. I'll just ask you flat out. I need your prayers, guys. Whenever I hear the whispers from the enemy that says, quit, it's too hard, and I get nailed right between the eyes with discouragement, I know that's right at the enemy. Your stories, some of you men, stories just are unbelievable. My heart is right out there because I care a lot for you guys. And what's really happening here in the net is really miraculous. It really is. I mean, the fact that men are breaking through these barriers, and we're coming in here. The group tables last week for some of you guys, I couldn't believe. I saw three, four different group leaders crying in response to the stories that are being shared at these tables. Guys, this is serious. But I'd like to just bring this back to Nehemiah, to perspective of what's happening. Some of you guys have had no opportunity, maybe ever, to respond to what is going on in your life. And it may not be sin. It may just be pain. You have no outlet for your grief. You have no, no one to come to talk about what's going on in life. And the natural response is you can't even help yourself. I saw it forever with my dad. He's just so locked up and all of a sudden he can't help himself. My grandfather, 95 years old, does the same thing. Man, I think we're built for that. And right now in the net, if I could just be so bold to clarify what's happening, is we're having a response as the men of new life. Some of our stories are so epic that when you, you, you can't even help yourself, and then finally you just, ugh. it's a natural response, guys. But let me encourage you, like Nehemiah, there's a weeping and a consecration, a laying out of what's happening in your hearts. Guys, we don't stay there. That's not where we're meant to stay. I look around you men, and I see strong men. 
The net is about building the men of new life strong and courageous. Yes, there is a time where we have to lay things out and we have tender moments where it appears on the outside weak, but the reality is God is strengthening you from the bottom up. And I need to be clear about what's happening here because there are guys leaving the net because it's too hard. It's too tough. Man, I don't know what just happened to me, and I certainly don't know what happened to this guy, but it's too tough. Let me encourage you guys to stay with it a little bit longer because I believe something is about to change in the net. God is about to do something where it is changing this posture of consecration where we are getting committed to God as men that this appeared weakness is going to become like iron strength. That's what's happening here in the net, guys. I feel it in myself. I had prophetic words spoken over me last week from men that just echoed the very same thing that resolved in my heart, that God is breaking my heart for you men. And he's breaking my heart so that he can enlarge my capacity to lead and love you men well. It is very awkward. I want to stick with it, guys. Will you stay with me on this? Let me close with this one thing that has stuck with me for years. And I encourage you to read it in your context. The walls are built. They're celebrating. And all of a sudden, Ezra gets up there on the stage and he reads the word. Why do we read the word each week? It's because of what's happening in Nehemiah 8. It is a healthy response to see the the word of God break our hearts. And then all of a sudden we see the the tone change. And Nehemiah the governor and Ezra the priest described, this is Ezra 8, verse 9. The Levites were instructing the people, This is a day sacred to the Lord. Do not mourn, do not weep, for all the people have been weeping as they listen to the words of the law. And Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food, sweet drinks. Send to those who have nothing prepared, for this day is sacred to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord will be your strength. For the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Guys, when you are faced with discouragement, take joy. Consider it joy when things happen. When you shake joy, you will find yourself strengthened in the midst of discouragement. This is is the posture of the men of the net. We are rebuilding the lives of some of the guys that have just faced some really tough things like David's story. David's story is not the only one like it. There are men here in this room that are just hanging on by a thread. And some of you guys that are strong need to be the ones that are encouraging him. This is not about a program. We're completely awkward with how we're doing this group thing and all that working out. That is going to work in time, but that's not the point of the net. 
The point of the net is so that you can be the catalyst for the guy that's getting killed. To speak life into a man that just is here, that you may be the very answer to his prayer. You are the catalyst. You are the strong man of God to encourage the weak man that is going through. And you know what, guys? You may be the guy who's on the other end of that thing tomorrow because you have no idea when you're going to get the phone call in the night. We're here building a family because we have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. I'm always talking about daddy stuff because that's my thing. It was three years ago. My son was three, seven now, so you guys do the math. I just remember he was three. Man, I had a tough day. Business stuff fell apart, another deal, another thing, truckload, this. Good gracious, it was like, could it get any more tough? I'm laying in bed, doing our little reading with Grady. Grady prays, man, you pull out the big guns. Get a three-year-old to pray for you. Dude, I came here, I was a mess. I was crying on the way over here, and my girls, Daddy, can we pray for you? Bring it. My girls are praying. I'm going to get strengthened through this. Three years ago, my three-year-old says in his prayer, Daddy, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Whatever I was facing was over. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Men, you set the tone for your homes. You speak the truth. You love well. You Set the tone of joy in your home as an overflow of the fruit of the Spirit along with all the other good stuff. You will find that will be the very life breathed back into you when you need it most. For the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Pray, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word that just grips my heart. I thank you, Lord, for the tenderness of some of these guys. And I thank you, Lord, for the strength of the others. And I just pray again, Lord, that you would unify these men. Unify this group of men. God, I thank you for the stories of David and Solomon and Joshua and Nehemiah. And we see see strength just as we walk and observe Jesus' life. Build us up, Lord. Encourage us. We're your boys. Grow us up into men. In Jesus' name. The way we do our groups each night, as Josh said, we move into the groups around the table. There's two ways we can do it. Um, some of you guys have better, more formalized leaders, and we're praying for leaders to pop up and come up, and that's just going to happen with time. You can... Stimulate conversation from what's happening at your table. Why are you here? What you're facing? These are just some sample questions that help stimulate some conversation. We break up into topics. So these questions are kind of more character central that you can go into specifics related to your topic. So you guys go ahead and break up. And uh, we've got till uh, 8.30. If you don't have a group leader... There's going to be some uh, wise guys, roamers back over here.
And if you just need a one-on-one, some of these gray, silver hair chromers will be here to talk to you. So thanks, guys.